You are tuned to World of Noise, your weekly glimpse into Portland's music scene, both past and present, hosted by me, DJ Bob Ham. Later on in today's show, you'll hear from the up-and-coming rapper known as Boca, who will share with us five songs that helped inspire him to pick up a microphone and start his budding career in the local hip-hop scene. But first... Listening to a song from 003, the new release from post-punk darkwave group Shadowlands. Though this band has been around for a few years now, the quartet feels brand new. As frontwoman Amy Sabin was settling in to write a fresh batch of material for a new record, guitarist Jeremy Sartain decided to part ways with the group. And along the way, one of Sabin's closest friends passed away, inspiring her to use the grieving process to fuel her songwriting. What also helped Sabin during this period was her twin sister Angie, who decided to join the band and help finish the writing and recording of 003. Though the two have been in multiple projects over the course of their adult lives individually, they are bandmates for the first time. And as you'll hear in a moment, it is clearly having a positive effect on their already close personal relationship and this new creative partnership. Both Angie and Amy pop by the X-Ray Studios to talk with me about this new chapter for Shadowlands, ahead of the band's album release show happening this coming Saturday at the Fixin' 2. So from the sounds of the press information I got about 003, uh, a lot has been going on within Shadowlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to start by asking about the departure of Jason Sartain. I hope I'm getting that right. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what happened there? I mean, it sounds like it wasn't like a huge blow-up or something like that. It was a no. very... Um, positive move on his part i mean only in the sense that he decided to tell me like the week after i had to put my cat down and like the month after one of my best friends died that made it i was like i can't believe i'm crying i'm so mad at you (laughs) but it was only because i was you know i mean normally it would have been totally fine and that that was what he needed to do for himself because he he's in another band and He was just going through a lot of personal things, and he just didn't have the capacity to do both. Um, And so he lives on the other side of town from the rehearsal space. And yeah, Yeah. so he's he's best friends with my partner and the drummer of the band, and they're in another band together. And I think he kind of had to choose between the two, and in the end, the one he moved to Portland to join Murderbait won out over Shadowlands. But I know it was a really hard choice for him. Okay. So, um, but I was really bummed because I loved being in a band with him and it definitely had a family vibe having him in the, having him in the band. Now it's even Now more it's more I was about to say. <laughs> now it's really a family. A really family thing. So, how, well, let's start there. That What, what, when did you hit on this idea of bringing in your sister into the fold? Well, Jason actually suggested it. I think he wanted to have a... I think he, he felt bad. Yeah, he, he I did. I didn't know. I'm learning okay. things. <laughs> he, he suggested it, and I was like, I don't know. It was all kind of... I mean, I, I can't say I didn't see it coming, but I just was distracted by other things going on in life. And um, so when he suggested it, I was like, I just don't know. I don't know. I have to think about this. And then Angie texted me. I was like, you know, I play guitar. <laughs> Within, yeah, when I, as soon as I seriously started thinking about guitarists, uh, she texted me and was like, hey, no pressure, but. And I was like. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and yeah, then we just started trying it out and. I, I auditioned. You had to audition? <laughs> she didn't audition. <laughs> I just wanted to see how it how it would feel because we've never played music together as adults. And so I just wanted to see how it would go. And she was in a totally diff- playing a totally different kind of music. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if she would even like playing this type of music. And so, I mean, I know she listens to... We both sort of grew up listening to you know the like traditional post-punk stuff so she knows the core 
of that type of music, but it's not. I don't think it's like her go-to. No, because has been her go-to. So I don't really have a go-to. I'm sort of all over yeah. the place. Yeah, because you yeah. played in you know folk projects yeah. and garage mm-hmm. rock projects yep. and stuff. So you're all over the map. Math rock. Mm-hmm. Math rock. Yeah. Projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoegazy. Portland I'm all over indie rock. jazz groups. <laughs> Portland indie yeah. rock superstar. That's right. <laughs> Number two, uh, right? <laughs> what? What was the band you were yeah, in? Yeah, number two with Neil no, Goss. No, I wasn't in that band. Anyway. You were a no, special no. guest? No, I dated <laughs> oh, the drummer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Very, very special guest. Very, very big difference. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, let's see, in the 90s, I sat I, there was a stint where I sat in on keyboards with a band called Junior High oh that's oh, the one, that's one. With, yeah. Yeah. with my Junior good High. friend Sean so I was never in the band but I played a bunch of shows with them over the course of I don't know about a year I get a pass because so. I was living abroad and there was no <clears throat> internet back then so <laughs> I just yeah but no number two Paul's. was Polly's okay got it band yeah so how was it to for you, Angie, to jump into this project? It sounded like you were ready to do it, but mm-hmm. I mean, how was it for you to come into something that is already established, already been making records? Uh, it was it was really fun. It also felt like a big challenge because my brain, my songwriting brain, works very differently than Jason's. So I was coming in and learning his guitar parts, which are. Um, super cool but also I was like wow how did he how did he come up with this This is just not like where my brain would have gone Mm -hmm. so it was a really fun um, challenge and I get a little obsessive so when Amy was like here try out these five songs I was like I'm going to master these songs (laughs) and she did (laughs) really fast so I learned those and drove my roommate at the time totally nuts because I was just uh, playing the, the songs over and over and just every little uh, Jason-y thing that was occurring on the guitar, I was like, I'm going to play this exactly how he's playing it. <laughs> and in the end, it's still, and um, it's not exactly, you know, I, I did end up putting my spin on some of the older songs. And then, of course, the new record is all just new material. You know, I think there was one song that had sort of been partially written mm-hmm. um so there's some jason influence there but um yeah i, lo- I love a good challenge so it was it was fun for me mm-hmm. so you two had never played in in a you said an adult band before playing like as grown-ups together had you been making music before well <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean we we would just play hold our parents hostage and put on full Musical production. I mean, as children, we sure. had magic shows and, and music performances, and I'm sure we had like little bands and made we instruments got hired, out of beans and containers. We got hired <laughs> to like perform at a couple of weddings. Yes. We made some where good we bank played some performing really, at weddings. I'll bet some bad early '90s, late '80s pop music, mm-hmm. like top forty stuff uh, <laughs> really bad and embarrassing but we would just play for sorry hours. whoever whoever's wedding that was it was great i mean it was the best song ever he made a lot for that one yeah um <laughs> uh what was i saying oh yeah we spent a lot of time uh just in the room where the piano was at our parents house just like singing songs together and playing songs and we both uh were heavily into jazz and did jazz performance throughout high school and college and um angie took piano lessons i got kicked out of piano lessons um when we were kids (laughs) for sneaking off to the playground around the corner and then my mom said she would not pay for them any longer for me (laughs) but angie kept going because she's well-behaved okay Hard worker, as you heard earlier. <laughs> so why is that that it has taken till now for you two to be in a band together? Is that just, I mean, you said, Amy, that you were were overseas for a while. Was mm-hmm. that part of it or was just, you know, the right project didn't come along? Or I kind of feel like it, for at least for me, and I think probably for Angie too, but she can speak to this herself, it was really important to me for a long time to have my identity because separate from Angie because as twins identical twins 
you know, most of your developmental years, you're treated as a unit instead of as individuals. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, being raised in a pretty religious background, too, like individualism is not really encouraged. That's a very good point. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so um, that was something that I think we were both trying really hard to find. Um, and then, you know, there's other reasons just, I think, growing up with a lot of uh, difficulty in our high school years with some some family things going on we both coped with it in our own different ways and then we kind of had to find our way back together and um those things i feel like sort of came between us and then relationships jealous boyfriends that's oh. a thing they get je <laughs> yeah. jealous of the twin jealous of the twin relationship <laughs> yep i've seen this happen uh -huh. yes. and then that, so that would yeah, come between yeah. us and i moved to the east coast for a few years yeah she was in, on the east coast for quite a while so that was was probably a big part of it and she was in a band or two out there mm -hmm. and then yeah i mean i think like the right thing just didn't come along but it kind of felt like now's the time, you know? I kind of have this, like, if I'm going to do this, I want to, I don't want to wait. There's, what am I waiting for? So, um, and it's been really, really great to have, I mean, to have the musical connection again, but also to have a regular hangout time every mm -hmm. week together <laughs> is really, really nice. Yeah, absolutely. So what was it like for you growing up outside of playing music together? Were there a lot of uh, sharing records and stuff like that and mm -hmm. saying, oh, hey, I just found this thing and sort of increasing each other's knowledge in that way? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we sh kind of shared everything. everything. So <laughs> I don't even know whose who's record was whose. Yeah, okay. Cindy, the Cindy Lauper record was when, shared. That's like our first. Chipmunk Sing the Beatles was the first record. <laughs> We did. Which classic. We, we rocked out hard to that. And then, in our I think rightfully so. Cindy Lauper, She's So Unusual, Unusual was the first vinyl uh -huh. that definitely was shared ownership. I have no idea. I don't even remember mm -hmm. who, you know, it was, we kind of approached life as a unit for many years. Okay. So. That's just kind of how it is when you're twins. And also, share we shared a bedroom until we were, what, 11 or 12? Mm -hmm. So And then um, I still slept on your bedroom yeah, for we a still, long time. Still <laughs> I had a permanent same. sleeping bag on Angie's mm -hmm. bedroom yeah. floor. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so who ended up with the, uh, is the Cindy Lauper record still in someone's collection? No. I, have, I have a Cindy Lauper copy. In, it might be in mine. I'm not even sure. But there's sure. other things that have gone uh, yeah they, we kind of like divvied up it just sort of like who grabbed it first i think i, I mean see. i don't know i'm not sure <laughs> i think i have it <laughs> <laughs> you also have some of mom and dad's records i do too, so I snag those too okay <clears throat> so how did um having angie in the band affect how the songs turned out on the new record zero zero three um well i our brains do work pretty similarly I think in terms of writing and I think the jazz background is strong for both of us not that this music is in any way jazz but right. people sometimes tell me that my vocal phrasing is unusual or different and I think we both have pretty similar vocal phrasing yeah um we're, we just started dabbling a little bit in harmonies on this record, and it was mostly because a lot of the songs I was like in process of writing them when she joined, and it was kind of a timing issue to figure all that stuff out. But that opens a whole set of doors for you know doing vocal harmonies together, which is really cool. And we came up with just some simple things in the studio, but also she's like she said, just such a hard worker I can crank things out pretty quickly and I know like she'll either learn the part or come up with her part and I tend to like to be collaborative which I think is also a twin thing I I really feed off of like bringing an idea or a backbone and then seeing what everyone comes up with and then sort of like seeing what sticks um, and so that works really well with Angie um, but I think like we were able to create more layers, like different mm -hmm. sounds with the guitar, and she um, was just really willing to try anything that 
we suggested, and that was really cool. Um, and she also brought a lot of good ideas. Um, yeah, I think, like, guitar wasn't Jason's first instrument at all, and so I think and sometimes that It's not mine either, but... It's not yours, but you're yeah. a little bit more bold about just doing it, and I think sometimes Jason felt like, oh, this isn't my home instrument. I mean, what he did was great, but I always wanted him to feel like, dude, you got this. You're like... You're, good. you're in this band for a reason, you right. know? So, but I know, like, I think if he had his way, he'd probably be playing synth and, like, making cool synth patches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have no idea how to do, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to. I could try, but. <laughs> so how, how, how do you feel about that, Angie, about how, what you brought to this project, jumping in sort of midstream? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I mean, I, I do hear a big difference between my approach to writing like guitar leads and riffs and things uh, when I listen to this record versus the other two. Um, and I do agree with what Amy said about um, the way we think about music or songwriting is very similar without really trying to be similar um i mean we could flip the narrative on this and my last uh well the the project isn't really dead but <laughs> i have a folk project as well and amy learned a song like really quickly and just hop, hopped on stage and sang it and it was a song that my bandmate was like driving him nuts because it was so weird pretty really difficult harmonies and she just was like oh, I get it. That makes total sense to me. <laughs> and so I think there's, um, I mean, that's just a good way to il illustrate what happens with Shadowlands. I think I understand where Amy's brain is going in, in terms of the song and I'm able to supplement that with, you know, the guitar mm -hmm. part and the harmony parts. And, and, and some lyrics. I was... Yeah, I helped her out with some lyrics, just uh -huh. a, a couple lines here and there yeah but it was good it was a song i was struggling with a lot because it was just a really personal thing for me and i was struggling with what to say on the bridge and i didn't want to end the song and just like utter devastation <laughs> and so she was like how about this and i was like yep that's it that's what song is this um the end we just released the single mm -hmm. um halloween so mm -hmm. um Anyway, I, I, we were just texting, and she just sent me. She's like, what about these couple lines? And I said, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And w there wasn't any kind of... I don't remember if I even told you for sure what it was about. I guess I probably did. I knew what it was about already Yeah, from what I could hear yeah. in the lyrics. So she just, yeah, came up with these this, these like simple lines and texted them to me, and... And that was it. So that's been really great too. So I'm excited to keep to write more songs and, uh, you know, have that resource sort of from the beginning to the end of the process, more than we did on the on this one. So as I said, if you don't mind, I, I wanted to talk about the other event that was talked about that impacted this record. Sure. Um, and if I have this right, as you were saying, you were writing material for this record and. Uh, a close friend of yours, Amy, passed away. Mm -hmm. Do I have that right? Yeah. Um, can you tell me about the impact that that had on you both personally and just creatively, thinking yeah. of this band? Um, well, it's interesting because this person... I mean, I was feeling a little challenged by this record, and I had a goal to write, almost, or write more of it on my own and have fewer contributions from the other bandmates than the other records and I was feeling a little daunted by that and you know some self-doubt and and then interestingly like having a loss gives you a lot of material to work with and um you kind of stop or I kind of stopped thinking about those things and um uh this person was someone who really pushed me and really had a lot of a lot of the time we spent together he was playing guitar we were hanging out and he was singing songs 
and he always was trying to push me to like have the confidence sing a song with me and and I just you know we were really young at the time and I I was just like so insecure I just couldn't do it but he was super super encouraging to me um and um but he was a had a pretty pretty hard life and I kind of always was worried for him about like where things might go um just very like abusive parents and uh you know addiction in the family and just really 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 sad stuff and so when I I moved abroad and um like I said, no internet. So um, really expensive phone calls and some letter writing were as, about as good as you could do letters that took like two months to get back right. and forth. Um, and so we we were really close through all that time. Um, and I actually, you know, through like letter writing with him and so forth, that, that's when I started teaching myself how to play the guitar was just being sort of isolated over there in a country where I didn't speak the language. What country was this? I was in Germany, um, and I. it was just hard to, like, make a community over there because I sure. didn't even know how to read, like, a show flyer. To I didn't know how to find out, like, about music. That It, it was just such a different time to be in a foreign country. I mean, eventually I did. Um, but, so, yeah, so we had this, like, really... Um, we had this really deep connection kind of from day one and um, over the years we sort of lost touch because um, well I wasn't I didn't really know why but I never could get a hold of him I didn't know uh, what was going on with him and so I got a phone call one day and from my mom and a friend of hers somehow knew a friend of his and she she was like "I, I thought you should know that your friend uh, passed away, and nobody had any details. So you know, I was really shocked and mm-hmm. just trying to figure out what had gone on. And um, <clears throat> he basically died of liver failure, and um, it's it's a long story. But uh, I I feel like he, his mother committed suicide. And then he, I feel like he just kind of like gave up on life after that. His his dad died right before that. It's just this really, really tragic story. And it's this amazingly beautiful, talented person um, who just had been dealt like the worst possible (laughs) cards in life, you know? And I just, he just really didn't have the will to to go on, I think. Um, And so... In the wake of all that, interestingly enough, like he had been married to this this young woman about ten years younger than us, and it turns out she's living like two blocks behind me up here in Portland, two blocks away, and wow. so we've gotten to know each other. Um, I sought her out, and I've been trying to be supportive to her, and as a result, like I've gotten all of these things returned to me like old letters between the two of us. And so just this like really emotionally intense time of connecting with her and hearing the story of all these years that I missed out on with him because he just kind of disappeared from my life. Um, But also knowing like this connection we had was still super, super strong for him too. Um, And then, you know, just recently uh, she brought me, a couple of his guitars that for me to have and wow. some other things and some uh like poetry and <clears throat> we're tracking down a bunch of he has like thousands and thousands of recorded songs that we'll never probably no one will ever do anything with but we're gonna try and do something with those so i guess like writing the record i was thinking a lot about how, you know especially the song the end like there's a recurring theme of people in my life um, who have sort of reached that point where they just don't think they can go on. And, and like, I've been there, and for some reason, you know, I've been able to to find the will to keep going, and, and um, you know, he just didn't. He, could, he couldn't. And um, so that song's in part, like, a reminder to myself about, like, I'm not going to ever give in to that. And, um, but also like kind of a goodbye to him of like, 
yeah, I mean, super simple. Like, I wish that you could have. I wish that you could have kept going and that you would have stuck around. And um, but honestly, like knowing his life, it's <laughs> it's understandable, like what he went through. Sure. So, so when uh, you first joined the band, Angie, you uh, kind of ju- like I said, you jumped in a bit midstream, and then you played a show like not like one month after <laughs> joining the band at yeah. Treefort Fest this year. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. What was that experience like and for then, you? Oh, there was more? Wait, I think the first she had one like was three Mississippi shows. Studio, oh, Holocene, Mississippi Studios, and then Treeport. It was like, <laughs> you ready? Let's go. Um, it was... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> well, like I said, I like a challenge. Um, and I really... Um, for me, the process of of working through a craft, whatever, if it's music or whatever else it may be, is uh, what I really love. Um, I also love performing, so that's good. But um, I was pretty nervous at the very first show, and it felt a little surreal um, because I was like, I was still at the stage where I would see the song titles and go, I really don't know which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this sense of anxiety, like, am I going to know which song this is when it starts? And, you know, I'm so glad that none of the songs start with guitar because I don't know which song it is. <laughs> so I was nervous just in that. Uh, I was so, it was so early on that I felt uh, that sense of nervousness but you um, still haven't figured out that sometimes i have to lean over and sing to our bass player it's the one that goes like la, na, 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 and he's been in that so feel free i will <laughs> yeah well now i am fine but no i mean it was like that for the first two shows and then wait it's kind of a blur we played a bunch of shows like right out of the gate um, and then at the Mississippi studio show, I also was kind of sick and hopped up on cold medicine. So I really don't remember very much at all of that one. And I was like, if I can play a note and hear it, it I'll be happy. I was like, I hope it's a good thing I know the notes because I can't, I can't hear anything because the sounds there is amazing, but I couldn't take uh, satisfaction in the amazing sound because my head was so stuffy that right. I couldn't hear. <laughs> and I also, like, someone took some uh, video of it, and I saw it, and in my mind, I was just, like, going for it. And <laughs> in the video, I'm standing completely still. <laughs> like, completely still, and just look like I'm not having it, which is not at all what was going on in my head. So next time, no cold medicine, I guess. <laughs> I just thought I was really going for it, but nope, standing completely still. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you have the album release show Mm -hmm. uh, coming up this weekend at the Fixin' Two. So what is next for the band beyond that point? Um, Well, we are hope December 14th in Seattle. Oh yeah, Seattle, thanks. December 14th in Seattle. And then we'll probably be doing some springtime touring of some sort, maybe Tree Fort again if they'll have us back. Um, we have something in January, right? Yeah. I th- we're playing a, a little benefit for a guy who did some recording for us that uh, he's raising money for a sick loved one. So we're doing that. I don't even know what the details for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one in January is with a friend oh, yeah, we went to high school with. We're playing... With. A show at Blackwater in January with one of the cool punk kids from our high school. And <laughs> it's really funny. He's, who's a very good friend. He's a good friend of ours. And, and yeah. we've known for a long time. And Someone yeah. else approached me and said that they were on that bill, too. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Remember someone else who. from high school? No. <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be fun. I... Um, we, we were kind of waiting to figure out uh, spring and tour stuff for uh, health scares going on in the band, but everything's good. Everything's cool. Oh, good. Thank God. Thank 
not God, think, who, whatever. So where can folks uh, go to, f- to keep up on what shows you have coming up beyond The Fixin' 2? Um, so we have a band camp page, and they're listed on there. And then, of course, the old Facebooks, we have it listed on there. Um, yeah. Well, again, the album is 003, out this Friday on Icy Cold Records. And head over to icycoldrecords.bandcamp.com to order a copy or stream it online. If you'd like to see Shadowlands live, their album release show is, again, this Saturday, November 23rd at the Fixin' Tour, where they'll be joined by Dark Swoon and Dry Wedding. Angie and Amy Sabin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. You're still listening to World of Noise right here on X-Ray FM, and it's time to introduce a new regular feature to the show. It's new to this show anyway. This not-so-novel concept has already been used to great effect on podcasts like Three Songs and Essential Tremors, and to read features using this same idea on sites like The Quietus and Pitchfork. It goes like this. Each month, I will ask a local artist to choose five songs that they consider inspiring, whether that's related to a new album or a project they're working on, or whether it's the songs that help fuel their early blushes with making music of their own. My next guest, Boca, chose the latter, picking out five hip-hop songs that were important to his development as a music fan and as a rapper. Boca has been in and around the hip-hop scene for about five years, and he's just now hitting his stride, thanks to his most recent release, The Man EP, and his work with Produce Organics, a retail space in Northwest Portland, and a label that is providing support for fellow rhymers and producers like Solomon, Scooty, and Dante Thomas. With his next live performance going down on Friday at Holocene with Kayla J, I invited him to jump in the hot seat and bring some of his favorite music with him. So the first one on your list was Mr. Carter from Lil Wayne. It's the Carter 3. I heard you were looking for me. Tunchi's last masterpiece. Yeah, uh, I believe so. I believe that's facts. <laughs> I believe that's facts. Uh, so where did you first hear the Carter 3? Uh, where did I first hear the Carter 3? It was, uh, ooh, that's the crazy thing about the Carter 3 is like it leaked before it actually came oh, out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I remember was, that. there like two different versions of the Carter 3. Mm. And me, I was back in the LimeWire days, you know what I'm saying? Totally. So, you know, I heard first thing. I was already a music head, just like as a child. I just love to keep up with music. So I was just like, let me go get the whole thing. It was already on LimeWire. I got the whole thing and I learned like all the songs in like a week, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mes- memorized them all and da 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 da. Then found out, oh, it's leaked. So he just went and re recorded everything like Lil Wayne would do. Yeah. And dropped the actual Carter 3. And I'm like, oh, wait that bar is different from this bar like it was fun but when i heard like mr carter i was like wow just because that was my first time like realizing like both jay-z and lil wayne's last name are carter right and they're like both the greatest <laughs> rappers ever you know what i'm saying so yeah. I'm like whoa this is crazy like it's such an impactful moment right here in hip-hop yeah so how old were you at that point i was in seventh grade in seventh grade so yeah you so were like like 12, 13, somewhere in there. 13. 13. All right. Let's talk about you at 13. I mean, were you listening to a lot of music at that time? Were you thinking about making music yourself? Um, Me at 13, yes, I was listening to a lot of music. Um, Since I was able to, like, access the internet freely, probably around, like, 6th grade or so, like, 12, I guess, 11-ish, I've always, like, dug deep into hip-hop and like the underground and just like educated myself with everything i just wanted to like i don't know i just loved music and i loved to keep up with everything new and like mm-hmm. things that people didn't didn't know 
perhaps, you know. So like I just come to school and inform people about all these rappers that they've <laughs> And, you know, it was just cool. I like recite lyrics from like Afro Man. No one really knew Afro Man. Yeah, especially like, in two thousand eight. No one was listening to Afro Man. Yeah. No, I was. <laughs> That's that gives you me know? that gives me so much heart was, like, right there. <laughs> memorizing like Soldier Boy songs back when he was just releasing crazy songs under other people's names. Yeah. It was just like I just loved it. I don't know why. What stood out for you about Mr. Carter? Was it just that, just like having these two great rappers together at the same time with he and Jay-Z? Yeah, yeah. Cause at the time, you know, I was listening to uh, a lot of Jay-Z because like my pops. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, he, and he educated me. So like, I knew he was like, Jay-Z's like the best. Like, you know, yeah. no one was really better than him, you know? <laughs> and then, um, that's when Lil Wayne started, you know, buzzing about the Carter Three. Because, you know, of course, I grew up on Lil Wayne as well. But sure. Like, just my pops wasn't listening to that. You know, neither was my mom. So I was just, they were listening to Jay-Z. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, all right. And then I, like, learned to love my uh, Lil Wayne because of, like, my uncles who listened to him. You know what I'm saying? Because right. they were a little younger. So I'm like, okay. And uh, I was just like, he started saying he was the best rapper alive. And like all this stuff, you know, and this yeah. is Lil Wayne that is like about to hit that peak moment. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, I think he is the best rapper alive, actually. <laughs> you know, like he's he's making all these features. There's not a moment he, you, you don't hear him. He's on everyone's iPod at the time. That's right. MP3 players at the time. <laughs> but everybody's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're still burning CDs of his everything. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, he might be the best rapper ever. Like, so it like entertained me like, whoa. I think he is, you yeah. know? And then, um, like, just that whole thing, I was just like, well, who is? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody was like Eminem, and I was like, ah, Lil Wayne or Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, and then they made a song together, and then I learned their names, and I was just like, yo, this is crazy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Next up on your list, uh, I mean, you picked two Wiz Khalifa songs. You picked B.A.R. from Burn After Rolling. I'm gonna keep count. Other niggas speak out. Lamborghini dreams, beach house wishes, pour bottles of champagne for my beach house bitches. It ain't new to me that money boy I've been bout. Throwing hundreds on the floor, I tell her keep count. Nigga, they ain't love with what I say, cause I really live the life you other niggas speak bout. Got my cameraman, he down to do a movie for me. Couple niggas round his down to do the shooting for me. I'm still riding with my main bitch, she rolling the joint something. Yeah, uh, and BAR stands for Burnout for Rolling. Exactly. Title track for that. Um, yeah, so fun fact, uh, Wiz Khalifa is my favorite rapper of all time. Is that right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, I just, like, I'm a diehard <laughs> fan. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, my two favorite rappers ever are probably Lil Wayne and Wiz. They're, like, up there juggling. So, all right. Yeah. So, what, why, like, well, let's start with how, how you heard Wiz for the first time, like, where you stumbled across this guy. Um, I, like, heard of Wiz through, like, MySpace, like, the end of that era. Mm-hmm. But... I didn't dive deep into it yet until uh, my uh, boy Warren, back in like right before um, high school, he like showed me a Wiz Khalifa song, which like put it in his headphones. He's like, "Here, listen to this." <laughs> and I think it was the thrill. Am I searching for the thrill of it? And I was like, mm, I, don't know. "I was like, I don't know if that's my favorite." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was kind of poppy at the time, and I think I I wasn't on that. Right. But then I like, I was like, but I see what he's doing. So I like dug deep into it because you know if someone's gonna put me on to something I, at that time I was like open to everything so I was like yo let me go dig into him and I was just like yo this dude's crazy yeah I just was just like just I was automatically a fan and like just really dug what he was doing and mm-hmm. um, you know he was dropping like out that that time he was dropping like um, uh, flight school and burn after rolling and things like that you know what I'm saying and he just and I was just like yo like this dude's consistent he has a crazy sound a futuristic sound like you can play all those mixtapes from back then now and they'll still sound hip yeah they still hold up yeah Yeah. and that was about 10 years ago you know even more yeah where where were you in your trajectory of becoming a rapper rhyming at this point um was that was that happening 2009 2009 yeah didn't even think about it didn't even think about it nope (laughs) i wasn't even thinking about it (laughs) Wow. Yeah. If you would have asked, if you would have told me that I was going to become a rapper, I would have probably laughed at you. <laughs> what were you thinking you wanted to do at that point? Did you have an know, idea? Not exactly, but I knew I was going to go to college. And like, okay. You know, do something with numbers. Ah, like you're numbers. good. You're good with numbers. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I was 
that was my mindset <laughs> and i just liked music on the side you know <laughs> yeah because yeah because we're talking about the whiskey if you picked another song which uh you know car service from how fly mm-hmm. which is a great great song clear the runway baby i get money from sunday to sunday lady oh behave i'm young rich famous trying to keep my pockets on schwarzenegger og in my swisher so my blunt tastes flavor down it y'all niggas can get it if you want it trying to catch a flight i'm in the backseat playing xbox car surface just chilling burners in the wall money all through the ceiling the first track on that on that mixtape is just like those two together and in like, currency just bounced off each other so good what's huge for me mm-hmm. is because at that time i was like i was a currency fan because i was a little wayne fan right and currency was the first artist ever to sign the young money that's right and he was also signed to a masterpiece label uh, then he was just like yo i feel like i can do this on my own mm-hmm. and then signed to he was the first artist ever to sign the young money right so like if he was still signed he'd be with drake dicky tiger and all <laughs> them but he was just like yo i feel like i can do this on my own yeah and he went the independent route and then him and wiz khalifa linked up because they had mutual fans on twitter and they're right. like you guys should hang out and make music so, isn't it crazy when that happens yeah I, with that mixtape they like you know shifted the culture a little bit independently yeah and like set an example for a lot of people and um on their 2009 tour you know kind of like to celebrate the whole 10 year mm-hmm. um my boy dj bonix he is whisk personal dj played my song on the tour and nice yeah and so like you know really you know put a place in my heart yeah so I was like, yo that's that's really dope you know? that is dope so, yeah. so when did you start rapping like when did that jump when did I you jump started rapping towards the end of my junior year in high school okay. when I was 16 um, it so was after been... me and three other friends we had a group APS history project that we did at my house we just went and finished it at my house and then um, <laughs> yeah and then my boy Boyo he was just like yo let's make a song I was just like uh, sure like alright and then we all made a song we like wrote some bars and then made a little video with a strobe light probably still on the internet somewhere and uh, since then you know like my boy Poyo, he like got like the program got a mic and we were just like well let's start like making songs and then started making songs and i figured out i was good at it all I right love. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go on to the next song on your list and you picked a couple of drake songs and we're gonna start with the the older of the two which is show me a good time from thank me later Kanye West beat and which is crazy which is crazy at that time especially especially how they get they don't get along now R.I.P. to that French yeah right? exactly it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing man I, man I swear that was a thing man that'd be a beautiful thing right now yeah because of Kanye's level of production right now it's out this world yeah it's crazy right now but he's he probably thinks drake's making devil music so <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so drake in this was 2010. Yes, this is Drake in 2010. This is uh, his first album. The whole album I play still, and it, yeah. it's crazy to me. But like the lyrics was like, I don't know, just the lyrics held so deep with me from then until now. I'm like, yo, because like, he's like, I live for the nights that I can't remember with the people that I won't forget. <laughs> Spending all this money, I just work my ass off for doing things that I won't regret. I've been way too long, 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 telling everybody that I know we about to be on, 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 on. I ain't try to look like a lot to these niggas that I came up with. This my team. Never would I let a woman come between what we doing right now. This our drink. Like, yo, that's all like, what? <laughs> like, I felt every little bit of that. Yeah. You know, he had something to prove back then. Everybody was like, yo, you're trying to make these hard raps and saying you came from all this. But like, yo, you were a child. Yeah, like, you know, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, you're literally on TV. Dude. Yeah, like, 
And but you know, like everyone has their own struggles, man. You know, every just because yeah. he was on there, he had to go home and deal with stuff. So. Exactly. You know, and eventually people look over that because of his talent. So yeah, but yeah, and, and just to think about that, you know, what we were talking about, like for our first record, like all the people that worked on this record, between like you know Lil Wayne, who you know sort of took him under his wing at that time, and brought him in with like you know Boy Wonder and Baby Birdman, and this is when no Wayne ID, was about to go for a year. Yeah, and he was like, yo. Drake, this is your time. Yeah. This year that I'm gone, you have to here's go. The, here's the torch. Go. go with it. Yeah. <laughs> and literally he did his job. Yeah. Let's go on to the next Drake song that you picked, which is a little later, which is never was the same as the record. And you picked Pound Cake. <laughs> Was a Il Molino, a Soto Soto just talking women and vino. The contract like 91 Damarino. I swear this guy Michael Rapino's boosting my ego. Overly focused, it's far from the time to rest now. Debates growing about who they think is the best now. Took a while, got the jokers out of the deck now. I'm holding all the cards and just want to play chess now. I hear you talking, say it twice. We're gonna talk another like Jay Z feature, a great one. But yeah, but this is like I, you know I was listening to these as I said like in preparation. For this and like mm. just how he, the huge leap creatively from that from from take care to this record and you can hear it in his voice like he's there like oh yeah he made it yeah you know like then his, you can hear like he was hungry mm-hmm. you know so it's like oh he every song he, he was just showing his abilities and like he was hungry and now like never was the same that was the album like I even saw him on tour I did too yeah, yeah. that was crazy but that was the album I felt like all right he's like a boss he's there and he no he's no one's touching him yeah like and that was the moment like he was always like in that area but like i feel like that was the moment he was like hey i'm here yeah and i think you picking this song with the jay-z feature and the lil wayne one are pretty they're like nice bookends because like you know lil wayne was at getting to the peak of his powers then and jay-z was already there yeah and this is the same thing with this record where like drake was right there at the top and he's like i can i can match bars with jay-z he's like come here yeah and but Jay Z's good for that. Jay Z's good for oh, yeah. giving you the feature when you deserve it. Absolutely. You know, like he even did the same with J Cole. He, he all right, come here. And he makes too many songs with J Cole. Mm-hmm. Still has until this day. He doesn't have to. <laughs> no. You know, but when he did, you were like, okay, yeah, because he made him work for it. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate Jay Z features, and I appreciate that song because it's just like the beat. Is just oh, it's just ridiculous. No, it's when yeah. it comes on, you're like. Oh my God! And his dad talking to me on the front, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Boys, like here today and going tomorrow, like, <laughs> like bro, it's just like every like you, you can never skip that song. Bro. No, no. <laughs> and then it's at the very end of the record too, mm. so it's like it's an album. You know, you yeah. listen to it from beginning to end, like it just flows together it's part so of the nicely. Whole yeah, nuts, yo. Yeah, this record came out twenty thirteen. Now, uh, by this point, were you making music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I graduated high school 2013. By 2013. So it was like a, a good year into it. Mm-hmm. Um, was a part of the group, my group, uh, Gutter Family, mm-hmm. which is like before I made Produce, I was part of Gutter Family. And we were just, you know, some kids rapping in the garage and in our bedroom. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? What about your first show? So if we're talking about Drake's big show, what was your first show that you played out? My first show was crazy. Yeah. And then you understand why I like, continue to make music. So my first rap show ever, that I've never went to any concerts or anything like that. But I got so the opportunity. You never went to a show before you played live? Never. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So my okay. first performance was my first show as well, you know? <laughs> and so it's crazy, right? And so I was like, you know, this is like my first thing for everything. And, uh, this was the opportunity I was opening for currency like my first time i opened for him like five times but like this was like my first time you know this is like <laughs> so i'm wrapping my head around this your first show the first show that you see the first show that you play is you opening for currency yes where was that what where this venue? was at alhambra uh rip now it's at arcade now oh yeah yeah quarter world yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i saw i saw it was like one of the few places you could actually smoke weed in the green room <laughs> like it was like and like the people that are on tour with currency are all of his homies and like you know i'm already hip to him since 2009 right. 2013 so i'm like i'm fanboying yeah low key, you know like, looking at everybody like oh my god like bro these guys are just back here smoking with us like, <laughs> he's talking to us and stuff and then i go on 
And then it was like me and Gutter family at the time, so me and four of my other homies, so we're all like rapping, rappy rap raps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was good. Like I felt it was very natural for me. Mm-hmm. And um, afterwards, I got to watch him front row. So I was crazy. I was just like, what? And, you know, he like shook me up and passed me some weed. I was like, that's crazy. You know, this is my first rap show ever. So this is like, I'm like, oh, the whole night. And then afterwards, um, I'm talking to the promoter and he's like, hey, he wants to uh, talk to you guys. And so, and this is, so this is after Currency waited. He played two extra songs. Then he actually waited after on stage and signed everything from everybody. Every single piece of everything from everybody. Wow. He walked in the crowd and was, everyone got everything. And once everyone, then he went in the back he waited for us and I was the first one to walk in he was like what's up shook me up and was like yo you did your thing we gave him a USB of our music and he was like alright let's take this picture man and I was just like and after that I was like I'm, I'm, I can do this every night like I'm going <laughs> 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 I stop rapping no kidding yeah, yeah. now let's um, talk about where you're at now the last thing that I know that you put out was Man, yeah, that yeah. EP. Mm-hmm. Back in uh, last December. And Man stands for, I'm going to let you say it. Maturing as a nigga. Talk there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. No sh- Tell these little niggas what yeah. it is, bro. That you want to beat me, beat me. I make it look easy, easy. Cheese it when you see me. I should be on TV. Barbies in bikinis. Barbies on the beaches. Hardly ever reach me. I make it look easy. Listen to my lingo couple things. Tell me about making that record. Yeah. Because that's like um, that feels like a nice, that feels like a big leap forward for you creatively as yeah, well as everyone else sure. who's on it. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, and it was, it was. Because prior to that, um, I call it like little homie raps and like that's really what I was on. You know what I'm saying? Because like I know my little homies that rap and I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. Keep going. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And that, yeah. Was, that was me. I was making little homie raps and uh, but I knew my potential. Mm-hmm. And so I dropped my mixtape yet and pretty much it was yet like, you know, yet to come. Like I'm speaking everything into existence was the concept and it was just showing my range. And then I took a break for a minute, like a good year I think and just like started making songs and try to like go towards a sound mm-hmm. you know and as i was going through that you know i was just living life and you know becoming a man and doing things learning from them and you know i was in the relationship from like 17 until i was 22 you know and so you know i was like in a relationship but also trying to become this rapper so yeah everything, you know internet doing my thing <laughs> <laughs> and so you know it was just like learning from all that going through all that also being creative trying to be trying to be creative through all that mm-hmm. um and you know that's what it became after a while and i linked up with my boy solomon and you know he started to learn who i was and we were like all right let's 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 get some going so now that you've been in the portland hip-hop scene for a while you've been mm-hmm. you know doing shows making records how would you uh how do you how how do you feel about the Portland hip hop scene right now? Um, I feel like it's a lot better than like when I originally came out into it. Yeah, you know, um, I'd say I like entered myself into this at like twenty, so about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I had my first solo show. That's when I was like, you know, it's still GFE, but it, you know, hey guys, we're not a group anymore. We're individual artists. Okay. You know, and so that's when I was like, all right, let me do my first solo show. It was at a the one year anniversary of the thesis. Just the regular hip hop show happens at Kelly's Olympia yeah, right first now. Thursday yeah. every month. And Caso was like, shout out Caso. He was coming back. It was like he had went to LA and he was like coming back home. Yeah. And uh, my boy Roby, he's in LA right now. He was there too. And I was just like 20 at the time. So I had to stand outside until. Oh, like, that's that? right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, forgot all about but I that. I go in there and, you know, it goes, it goes well. And, um, but back then, I feel like it was a lot of people in their heads, you know, mm-hmm. um, questioning, like, because they felt like they deserved more, you know, and I feel like. Uh, when a lot of me and my peers around my age and like when we first started bubbling, we didn't get a lot of love from the people that were kind of doing things out here that we looked up to that are maybe like five years older or more, you know, it's a slight gap. 
And so there was just like a little off as far as communication. <laughs> right. You know? So at first we weren't too fond of each other at first. And so, you know, we were just like, yo, like, you know, you guys are ahead of us. So like, why don't you open any doors? Like, I feel like you guys open the doors and close it behind you. And like, we had to like break them back open. Wow. You know, like, but that's how the energy was at first. Okay. And now if we like fast forward to today, I don't really see any type of disconnect between too many artists out here, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And if it is, it's off of personal things rather than like music. So, you know, can't really control that too much. Right. Um, But as far as music, everyone's pretty much open to like collab or like, yeah, like let me get you on a show or, you know, I know this guy. Yeah. And this is what we were all talking about back then, you know, back in like 2013 and stuff like that. Right. Well, 15, I guess. And so now it's like I see a lot more potential because, you know, we were looking at other cities like Atlanta where all these people were like putting each other on and all these features and you see this producer with this artist and this artist with this producer and these artists with these artists. Right. And they were really helping hand, you know. We were like, what's wrong with us? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, oh, yeah, we have to actually like be okay with each other like why are we beefing with each other i don't know right let's figure this out guys you know? <laughs> and i feel like we finally kind of figured it out and that's kind of how produce started together uh, my team so that's your team produce yeah, yeah yeah so who else is part of this team um about two and a half years ago excuse me me and my boy dante thomas is also mm-hmm. an artist around here um we made produce and it was basically an idea of uh at first it was an idea for clothes okay yeah first it was a name for clothes that we made um and then we eventually made it into a label because we just had a group of friends that were all talented from different groups and different side of towns and Mm -hmm. we were you know actual friends with them and so it's like we kick it every day we're a small circle why don't we just call ourselves i think (laughs) (laughs) we call ourselves produce organic records Uh, all right yeah but there's a lot of artists but um so like but on the label side it's me and date thomas Mm -hmm. and then we have a plethora of artists like fountain young shirty kiss scooty um we got neil my boy in uh miami we got Corey g as a producer out in la um I hope I'm not forgetting anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, on the store side, we have uh, my boy Jordan Carter mm-hmm. and then my boy Wyatt Savage. And they pretty much manage the uh, flagship store on uh, in Chinatown. Right. Yeah. Is it important for you, knowing how like a lot of these rappers came up together, like Lil Wayne bringing up Drake and, mm-hmm. you know, Currency and Wiz Khalifa working together. Is it important mm-hmm. for you to keep an eye out for the younger kids on the scene and give them a leg up and support them for sure for sure um just because like like i said i didn't feel like i necessarily had that at first right you know and um i see the importance in that you know because i feel like i would have avoided a lot of the unnecessaries and the in-betweens that i had to go through (laughs) you know if someone would have just been like nah say no to that you know or like hey i wouldn't have done that right and then i'm like oh okay not like oh i have to keep doing this and then learning on myself like oh i shouldn't have done that (laughs) you know what i'm saying it literally takes one person just to be like yo nah that you kind of look up to yeah and uh one person that has been like that though is mike bogan my boy mike bogan he's always been open and honest with me and that's what i really appreciate about him he's a good man that Mm -hmm. one yeah Mm -hmm. but um yeah, it's basically I always like like want to see like who's the, who's the next kid in town, mm-hmm. like, who's the, who's that group of kids in high school rapping, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like who's the tightest one out of there? Yeah, you know, like who, and who's gonna follow this through? Right, you know. And right now, I don't know too many at the moment, but my boy Bird Burnett Bennett, he's crazy. Bird All right, Bennett. Bird Bennett. Yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, what about new music? Are we gonna hear anything new from you on the horizon? Yes, yes, you will. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, so, uh, Dante Thomas and I, mm-hmm. we had made a uh, project called Garden Boys a few years back. Right. And um, we we aren't the Garden Boys. That's just what it was called. Because <laughs> a lot of people were like, hey, the Garden Boys. Like, no, no, no. no. That's what it was called. It's <laughs> right. called Garden Boys. Um, but we are working on our next project currently. Um, and it's called Buds. Um 
BU Don't Settle, but it's called Butts. Nice. Yeah, and that'll be dropping uh, sometime early next year. Boca, thank you so much for coming down to talk. Well, actually, before we do that, so where can people find you online if they want to hear some of your music, if they want to track down you? Yeah, uh, you can find me everywhere at Boca from GFE, uh, B-O-C-H-A, Boca from GFE. Nice. Well, Boca, thank you for coming to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. It's fun. You've been listening to World of Noise right here on X-Ray FM. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to leave a comment or a question about the show, be sure to drop me a line at the show's Twitter account, which is W-O-N-X-Ray. And if you want to share the show with friends or download this, or our first episode from last week, head over to xraypod.com, where we are proud members of X-Ray's podcast network. We'll be back again next week with a whole new episode. We hope to see you then.